like just seeing books all over the place and um that was my form of like education you know when we were growing up we had internet a little bit but you know we would go look at books more so so um so I think I just kind of started doing that but I've always been able to like for writing that's like just the best way to kind of express myself other than with dancing because I do dance as well but writing is like there's so many words (laughs) and I love writing also because there are so many people throughout history that have created different terminologies that we use um so I think that that's very interesting how you know words or you know the way sentences are put together and whatnot like how that's developed over the years to another episode of your FBS featured podcast series, The Art of Us. Join us as we indulge in conversations with some of our favorite creatives as we discuss things from art to music, from politics, and everything else in between. Thank you all for being here, and make sure that you share this podcast with all of your friends and anyone else who could gain anything from our conversations and also someone who might want to take part in FBS on the podcast. So thank you all again. Be sure that you're following us on our social media platforms, Instagram at FBS Media Co., Twitter at FBS Media Co., and like us on Facebook at Fried Bologna Sandwich Media Company. Thank you all. Tara. Hello, hello. (laughs) So I was just going on Instagram Live on the FBS page just to let oh, people know. <laughs> right. Just to let people know that we are live and we are getting ready for our February Black History Month. And that is why we brought you on the show to give us some knowledge and let's just have a conversation about black history and what that means in terms of reflecting back on the past year on the history of Black people, and then kind of relating that to now and how that influenced creativity in terms of music, art, writing, politics, poetry, whatever artistic form, you name it. So today we have Katora, and I will let her do her own introduction. But (laughs) briefly, I just want to let y'all know that she is one of my biggest inspirations she's definitely someone to go to for motivation encouragement and just a good laugh and we brought her on today because we know that she represents the ideas of not only what it means to be a black empowered woman but relating that to today's society and relating that to some kind of form of art because as you all know black women are arts and we are our own masterpiece and today I want to bring on one of my favorite people, Katora Butler-Reed. So welcome, Katora. And please just give the listeners a little brief background on who you are, what you're working on, and just anything you want us to know before we get into our conversation. Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to this is like my first time being like on a podcast so this is like exciting thank you so much Jasmine 
Um, that introduction almost made me shed a tear, but <laughs> I'm gonna pull it together. Um, a little bit that I guess the people need to know about me. Um, Katora Valerie's. Um, I'm pretty young out here in these streets, <laughs> 22 <laughs> years old. But um, my time here on this earth. Um, <laughs> I'm originally from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, then moved to um, Atlanta, Georgia. And of course, I'm in school, Albany State University. That's where I met Jazz. Um, and I'm very involved, I guess you could say, in the community. Um, I served as the NAACP president for Albany State, um, George Houston College Education Chair. Um, and I've also worked with countless organizations, um, especially like grassroots organizations. So I do a lot of work with politics and um, I've done lobbying before um, in the Capitol, Georgia Capitol, Capitol Hill. Um, just, I mean, that's pretty much um, most more so like what I do like in the community, but also I'm an English major. So a lot of the things that I do, of course, are like analyzing, critiquing, um, and it's just literary pieces from whether it be like area um, eras, um, Shakespearean kind of eras or more modern um, eras or, you know, readings from today. So I'm pretty well versed in just literature whether it be black or otherwise <laughs> but of course my favorite literature is some black literature okay so yeah <laughs> I think that's pretty much about me and I'm also a big music lover um, I try to do like little critiques and whatnot on music too just like I would do in literature so that's my skill okay well again thank you for being here <laughs> and for many people who don't know Katora she is also the president of NAACP on Albany State's campus. Um, and I kind of want to start there because that's where, as Katora mentioned, we met each other on campus at Albany State University. So I do want to take a moment to kind of reflect on your matriculation through Albany State in terms of being an English major. I know on Albany State campus, how many English majors did we have on campus at Albany State? Girl, uh, about five, ten. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of joking, but not really. Um, it's not that many English majors on campus, and if there are English majors, a lot of times they're doing like education kind of. So, so um, I wanted to talk about why is it important for Black people, and why was it important for you to get into English and how does that influence of knowing like who these influential writers are, knowing who like inspire us in terms of our artwork, a lot of um, psychologies and uh, philosophies right. from English. Right. So how did you immerse yourself into that subject and why do you feel like that's important not only for you, but for other um, Black students to get into English? to kind of make right. themselves aware of this why is important okay well um what I would say is for me um I kind of like grew up with like both my parents were like really involved in like writing and whatnot they like met at like the school newspaper or something at Southern University so, <laughs> so that's already like a you know a thing 
but um I think that I kind of just started just reading people or they were kind of I would I grew up with like just seeing books all over the place and um that was my form of like education you know when we were growing up we had internet a little bit but you know we would go look at books more so so um so I think I just kind of started doing that but I've always been able to like for writing that's like just the best way to kind of express myself other than with dancing because I do dance as well but writing is like there's so many words (laughs) and I love writing also because there are so many people throughout history that have created different terminologies that we use um so I think that that's very interesting how you know words or you know the way sentences are put together and whatnot like how that's developed over the years um so that was like why it was really important for me to be an English major um because I just I, I just really love doing it but also um I think that not just black um authors but authors in general I think that writing basically is important because it provides like documentation so it's like how else would we know what really happened without this you know piece of writing that told us from start to finish it told us when wars were happening it told us um it taught us uh, letters it teaches us who was the prince way back then and who conquered who <laughs> and how people were feeling throughout the time yeah. like it it really tells us that even down to our religion um the bibles the torahs the you know whatever kind of religious texts um basically anything and when you need like a guide to do anything instructions you have to use writing so it's just like you really you honestly can't escape it I mean of course we have dialogue we have conversations and whatnot but exactly um but it's like okay even when you watch a movie you gonna put them subtitles on because you want to hear (laughs) exactly what they said so so that's why I really appreciate writing so much. Um, it's like it's the manuscript to communication, exactly. really. Um, so that's one of the reasons. But specifically when we're talking about like African-American literature or black literature or um, any kind of literature. Oh, well, no, just no, just black because it's black history. But <laughs> But when we're talking about these kinds of literatures, I think that is um, specifically important um, to make sure that we are constantly um, looking at these pieces because a lot of times, um, a lot of people would say that um, like your writings are kind of a a form or sign of intelligence, Mm -hmm. right? Which, which does being the reason that we were deprived from an education, mm. right? Exactly. So, so I, so I feel like, okay, well, if we couldn't even read, well, they, you know, deprived us from that when we were here, not when we was in, you know, Kings, Queens, and whatnot, but when we were here, if that was the one of the first steps they took to take that away from me, why would I not want to read that? Like, 
it's like when your mama tell you not to go get a cookie from the cookie jar. I wanna I wanna get that cookie because now it's it seems more attractive. So we need to do that. We need to go read like what what were they hiding this from? You know? Exactly. So, we had to um, explore exactly. and to bite into that knowledge, that cookie of knowledge. Right. <laughs> bite into it. And yeah. So, Precisely. And so um, one of the things that I've learned from a lot of the readings that I've done recently in some of my classes, whether it be American literature or um, more, mostly American literature, African-American literature, um, there's a reoccurring kind of uh, like a motif, mm-hmm. which, of course, is like symbolic and whatnot. And it's the liter- literacy to liberty motif. And that's like one of those things where you don't realize how important that is until you start reading people like Frederick Douglass or really anybody at that time, especially when you think about narratives like slave narratives. And a lot of times um, they talk about that journey of their education. So and the literacy to liberty motif is basically the name of it. Once you start getting that education, once you start writing, you kind of can use that to help you be liberated help you attain freedom so that's like a really big thing that I like try to look at um because like I said we attribute reading and writing to right and Katora I have a question so you mentioned Mm -hmm. that you were active on the political side and the advocacy side right why is or how do you feel that Black literature in the Black voice and writing is important to the contribution mm-hmm. of the advancement of not just Black people, but a society? How mm-hmm. does um, that literature motivate people to get involved in the civil processes, mm-hmm. voting, and to get involved with society on a level that you're advocating for change. Why is literature and understanding those historic mm-hmm. works important in that kind of movement towards a quote-unquote better society? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I would say um, a few mm-hmm. things. Simplistic, simplistically, I'll kind of say it, but I'm also going to kind okay. of explain more. So one thing I would say is influence. Another thing that I would say is I'm trying to figure out the best way to word this, but like a whole sense of creating an identity, mm-hmm. a central identity. So, um, so remember that, and just in case I start going too much. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> a central identity. Okay. And influence. So when we're talking about influence, of course. Um, if you're able to influence anybody, let's just, I mean, you're pretty, you're pretty powerful. Um, but influence, like when you think about movements, I want to focus on a movement. So let's focus on, let's say, um, we have like, okay, let's say like the Harlem Renaissance Mm. era, um, era I meant, or we can talk about the Black Mm -hmm. Arts Movement era, Mm -hmm. right? So the Harlem Renaissance, that's of course when everybody was writing, scatting, making art, jazz. I'm talking about it went crazy. And so, and you can accredit a lot of times you can accredit that to people like uh, Langston Hughes and County Cullings and whatnot because um, 
their words were so rhythmic. Their words were so, they portrayed like an imagery unlike anything that we've ever known. We were able to see like, okay, what does Harlem look like? And we can see it through Mm. their writings. What Mm -hmm. does, you know, what do the streets of Harlem look like? What do the people look like? What do they sound like? What is their tone? You know, it's like, you can see all that not only through their music, but through their art. And then we kind of talk about it as well. It's like we're documenting. We wouldn't know all that went down unless we actually had the artifacts, unless we actually right. had the writing. Um, and then when you have movements like the Black Arts Movement, that, you know what? The Black Arts Movement is also the Black Power mm. The Black Power Movement, of course, is, you know, like your Angela Davis, your... Uh, <laughs> Uh, your Huey Newton's body seals and whatnot, Black Panther parties. Um, but then you also have, and then you have people like James Brown, I'm Black and I'm Proud, which was a whole other thing. Um, and riots and whatnot were going on. And then you have um, the writers, the um, writers like your Larry Mills and Mira Barakas and whatnot. And a lot of, and but a lot of times, um, like the influential people in the like the black power movements or whatever movements, a lot of times, what do we know them for? Mm-hmm. What do we know them for jazz? What do we know them for? Um, community engagement. <laughs> okay, and there's right. So that so we get so now we just circle back to. <laughs> We just circle back to right. I, I promise you, you cannot escape it. So, um, so I think it's very important for us to even think about those kind of things because, especially like um, the Black Arts Movement, when I because I did like some, of course, I do all kind of research and papers on stuff and answer all these different questions, yada yada. <laughs> so <laughs> for school, um, and so in reading people like Amira Baraka, like. That's one person that, like, you just got to read. I forget what particular poem it was. I might have to share it with you later, Jazz. But it's, like, one particular poem. And he literally, like, he's he's painting the most vivid imagery. He's referencing the war that was going on. He's referencing, um, excuse me, drugs. He's talking about um, how around that time how people kind of uh thought of the lgbtq community um he's talking about just blackness he's talking about power it's just so much it's and it's so descriptive and they have recordings of him like actually speaking these things but but it's just like you know even having people be courageous enough to put out some sort of work exactly. like that that took that, pride that and confidence and faith really and yeah inspires people that's what it does it inspires people it makes people feel like you know what yeah i'm pissed off about this let me go ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> let me go change something it gets people right because that, that's what writing does it's gonna either it's gonna give you some sort of emotion it's gonna make you pissed off it's gonna make you happy it might make it cry it might make it sad it might make it whatever but it's gonna give you a reaction and that's why we write because we're, we're trying to get a reaction out of somebody we're trying to make somebody understand we're or we're trying to persuade somebody to do something or we're trying to tell somebody to sit down somewhere um 
And so, and even um, writers like, um, I really want to talk just really quickly about <laughs> <Okay>. um, Phyllis. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jay, you got happy. But um, with someone like um, Phyllis Wheatley, because Phyllis Wheatley, you, you've heard of Phyllis Wheatley before. Jay. I'm here. I said, have you heard of um, Just briefly, but please do give us some insight on who she is and why she's influential. Right. Okay, so Phyllis Wheatley was like the first African-American author um, to publish like a book of poetry. She was born like the 1750s um, and died like the 1780s. That was a long time ago. That's the 1700s. <laughs> Are we not talking about 1900s because we in the 2000s right. so we're not talking about 1800 we talking about 17 you know how long ago that was okay <laughs> that was like because she was she was i mean she was like a, a slave like right. so let's really get into it <laughs> um but one one of the reasons why i love her um because I mean, for starters, at the time, of course, white people were like, "Ain't no way this black woman is writing this stuff." So they used to like test her right. sometimes, be like, "No, we like we need to see you write this in front of us," type situation because they couldn't believe how like beautifully intricate her words <laughs> were. So that's why she's one of my like favorite artists. Um, but she's also, in a sense, what we would kind of say subversive in a way with her writings um and not only that more so um because her writings were so nicely done and so it's like initially reading her you'd be like hold up what what's she talking about and you might be a little mad as a black um person but mad mad why why would you be mad because okay so like let's say um example her poem being brought from Mm -hmm. africa to america so she makes all kind of references so mostly biblical because a lot of people of course christians at the time um and she makes references to like um like cain and she makes references to uh black people and all that kind of stuff so in reading it i can't really explain um how I would be so upset, but I feel like it's like one of those things. It's a really short poem. Just read it. When you read the first go round, you're gonna be a little upset because you like what she is she trying to say like 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 what is she trying to say? But you have to read it a few times to understand that she's calling out things kind of like with her undertone <laughs> of how she's writing it. So in a way, it sounds like almost like she's kind of okay with um black people being looked as less than or it sounds like maybe she's okay with uh the way we've been treated because we deserve this because you when you make references to like uh i think at was abel and cain we like okay cain is the, right. the bad person of course and they say talk about how cain is black <laughs> right <laughs> yeah so in that way that makes us think like okay came black and he did whatever he's bad black people are bad you make that immediate connection when in reality what she's really saying is just like Cain was forgiven like it's she it's kind of like so well if you're gonna call us this you're gonna say we black and we wrong what now but even still god forgave right. Cain, and even still 
you're a Christian. It's like she kind of calls out the white Christians. Like, and she'd be like, are you really a Christian if you've not gone? Right. Where is this <laughs> love and the love and the following God's word? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So it's like the way she do that, it's like, wait a minute. So you okay it's like one of the things it's one of those kind of aha moments um so that's why I like people like that I don't even know how I got on her <laughs> but because I was talking about influence and whatnot but even like an undertone I feel like um contributes to you know uh people developing over time exactly and I think that that's important sense. Oh, what sorry. I was going to say that's important to no, go ahead, go ahead. referencing what it means to be influential and knowing when you're in a place in your life and that your voice is powerful enough to influence society, to mm-hmm. have that power and knowledge and confidence to know that a single voice can have you questioning the way you think about things in terms of seeing something in a new light. And through her exactly. writings, just based on the brief information that you gave me on Phyllis Whitley, <laughs> just seeing that she was an mm-hmm. influential writer and a leader and thought influencer. And here at FBS, we mm-hmm. our mission and our vision and our goals are to inspire individuals, everyday people like you and me, to use their platforms right. as a stepping stool for their voice and for whatever they want to accomplish in life like your platform your voice knowing who you are being grounded in that is the first step to influence anybody and for artists that you mentioned um phyllis wheatley for langston hughes for all the other writers that you mentioned throughout our conversation just knowing that these artists were knowledgeable of first who they were and who they were in yeah. terms of society and the power that they had and knowing who they were in society and speaking out against mm-hmm. something that wasn't right. And I wanted to close out our conversation. Oh, sorry. Oh, right. oh, you can go <laughs> no, you can go. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go, go. We want you to share. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I'll be out here all day messing around with me. But I was just going to say, um, because cause you mentioned, like, the knowing yeah. yourself, and that's the other thing that I was saying, like, right, right. Like, that was, I don't remember the question that you asked me, but I know that it was influence and identity. <laughs> and I think that um, identity is, like, just one of those things that Black people have always kind of wanted a sense Right, of, that's important. Like. And because it's like when you've been stripped from your history and culture, you kind of want to know, well, dang, like, what is my history? What is my culture? And so I think that so when you have um, there's a there's a particular um, book called The Coming by Daniel something. I forgot. But the point is, he kind of talks about that, like. Um, he talks about like that middle passage experience where of course you know I don't really want to get into that (laughs) right but but he kind of talks about um, briefly like okay we knew what our identity was before we got on that boat but 
but that transference of from there to what they dealt with on that boat to when they arrived on land is that transference of identity if you think about it that's kind of what what I got from um what you know that his um novels about but but time and time again it's the same thing like black people trying to uh uncover that sense of identity and a lot of a lot of writers they find that that's why you have the whole self versus other paradigms that's why you have the whole um yeah letters even like literacy to liberty you think that you're going to find yourself free or find this different sense of self once you get this education or once you get this or once you do this because ultimately you want to become completely whole and not because when you're free you're not completely whole you're mm-hmm. shackled you know I don't even know I'm like what am I saying <laughs> I don't even know but <laughs> But yeah, it's that whole sense of identity, and um, and I think that that's why you have um, writings like um, like when you read people like um, like Frederick Douglass, you can say Frederick Douglass, but when you read people like um, like a lot of people from the Black Arts Movement, because that's around that time everybody was like, I'm black and I'm proud. That was our identity, right? Right. So when you're able to to find your own identity. Um, you've gone to the mm. world, but you have to mm. do that first. And it takes a minute for some people to get to that point. That's why college is so such a great thing to do. You kind of figure yourself out. And you create an identity for yourself. Um, but yeah, okay. I think I could I, I could leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again, Katora. We definitely had a wonderful time getting into your mind and getting more insight (laughs) on just black literature what that means in society today what it means to you the importance of it and i wanted Mm -hmm. to ask you one final question as we close out and as i mentioned before we really emphasize here at fbs the importance of creativity so just in a couple of words or a few sentences can you just Explain to us what creativity means to you. Now, you know, I just made you sound all these words. But <laughs> um, creativity to me means, um, it means in ways, um, liberating expressions mm. or expressions that make you liberate I don't know but (laughs) but it's just like it's just um like anything kind of not necessarily yeah anything goes is unrestricted that's what creativity is and it kind of helps you perfectly um communicate your emotions or thoughts and whatnot Mm. I think so that's what thank you and I don't know the Webster definition, but I do feel as though creativity is a word that can mean so many things to so many people. 
So thank you again. Let us know um, your social media handles. Where can our listeners find you? And, you know, just give us a little closing out. Okay. Okay. Well, y'all can find me on Instagram at, um, I think it's underscore. The underscore is either the front <laughs> or the beginning. But Katora Deja, K-E-T-U-R-A-H. D-A-I-J-A-H that's on Instagram and on Twitter it's just um, Katora B-R um, and my name will also be like Tora the Dime that's my age <laughs> but, um, and I mean y'all don't need my Facebook cause that's just I mean if you want my Facebook I guess you can get it that's just Katora <laughs> Reed um, so yeah so definitely uh, be on the lookout. Um, jazz has inspired me to work on some things on my own. So I don't know. You just gotta stay. Tuned. Major key. Stay tuned, everybody. Um, thank you all for tuning in, and stay tuned for our next FBS episode. As I said, this is our featured podcast for the month of February, and it's titled "The Art of Us." And today we had the pleasure with speaking with Miss. Tora Butler Reed. Thank you all and be on the lookout for the next episode. Period. <laughs> <laughs>